Hey everybody, John Fenn here, Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org. We are a house church network. We're a network of people on the same spiritual page. It's not a denomination. We're just together because we are celebrating the biblical church in the home where we rotate homes where possible. We rotate who leads where at all possible. Uh, in much the same way they did in the early church. Once you realize that the whole of the New Testament was written to people doing church in the home and written by apostles who do church in the home, then you will stop trying to pull the New Testament out of the context of the home and try and put it in the auditorium where it does not fit. I mean, we've got, we've got 1700 years of horrible history, church history to show that the context of the New Testament was originally in the home. So everything from the fivefold to giving and receiving and everything else, the context is in the home. So when you read the New Testament, realize it's to people sitting in a living room, so to speak, uh, reading Paul's letters and James and John and Jude and, and everything and applying it to their lives in the relationships that come from family, friends, neighbors, and coworkers. So that's what Church Without Walls International is about, cwowi.org. Uh, I also want to say, sign up for the monthly newsletter and my weekly thoughts. Weekly thoughts are a Friday newsletter or Friday teaching comes out by email. Friday in the U.S. time comes out, and then um, on the around the twentieth of each month is my is my emailed uh, newsletter. That's where I put prophetic things, and so. Those of you who've been around a while will recall not only our Zoom meetings, where I also share prophetic things, but also in the newsletters from back in 2020, where the Lord talked about this time. I shared how the Lord talked about this time of September, October through March of next year, and then March again through the um, through the election cycle in the U.S., which is in November, and how uh, the Lord talked about uh, the economic and political issues. He talked about the president's cognitive abilities going downhill. He talked about uh, all sorts of things. So I'm not going to say it here because uh, it's just too difficult, too many trolls out there um, on YouTube. So those who, those who really want to be part of us uh, will sign up for that weekly thoughts and the monthly newsletter. Anyway, uh, so, so those of us who's been with us for a while, this hasn't caught you by surprise. So the question today is part one about the Ezekiel. Are we at the Ezekiel 38-39 war? And so let me take this chapter and verse because there's a lot of confusion out there. A lot of people who will take one verse and lift it and then make a big thing out of it and a lot of uncertainty. So let's just take it chapter and verse. Okay, so Ezekiel 38 comes sandwiched in between Israel becoming nation in Ezekiel's 36 and 37 chapters. And then 38 and 39 is about this war. And then chapter 40 goes right into the millennial temple. And so Ezekiel's seeing bits and pieces. And so the question is, where does this Ezekiel 38 war come in? Well, the Lord is very specific. And we have to understand when we're interpreting the Bible, we update nations. So we're going to up update weapons. We're going to update all those things. So if we update it to modern geography, modern politics, uh, modern terms, then we have to be consistent throughout. So in Ezekiel 38, it specifically mentions the nation that we know today as Russia. He's talking about the land of Magog and specifically a ruler, Gog, he calls. And he says, I'm against you. And he says this in verse four. He says, in the latter days, he said, I'm going to put a hook in your jaw and turn you around or specifically turn you around and put a hook in your jaw and draw you back. So this tells us that that nation known as, as Magog, leader of Gog, which was the land of 
in modern-day Russia, to the north, way north of Israel, that there will be a hook in its jaw to pull it back into the Middle East. So that is the first thing you have to look at. You have to look at modern Russia. Are they in a state of retreat from the Middle East? That is, a hook in the jaw mean, is like a fish. It's the, That's the, the metaphor that's being used. A fish that's being taken to where it doesn't really want to go, but it's going to go. And, and so it's being pulled back in. It's being drawn back into the Middle East. Now, he mentions from there... He mentions in verses 5 and 6 some of the nations that are allied, and it's very specific. He mentions Persia. Now, the updated uh, nation of Persia is Iran, and you could include Iraq in part of part of that because that land was covered as well. But it's for certain the bulk of that landmass mentioned in Persia would be Iran, and you could say Iran-Iraq. Iraq. He mentions uh, Ethiopia. He mentions Libya. Uh, Ethiopia in his time continued to was part of Ethiopia, but especially part of uh, northern Sudan, etc. Uh, so the general terms there are, are are fitting out geographically where we are. Libya being a, and, and oh and 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 by the way in verse uh, seven he says be prepared and be a guard to them. So he's talking to modern Russia and he says be a guard unto them. So what you're looking at is is Russia having been involved in the Middle East. And then is being pulled back in, and he says uh, that they will be a guard. That is, he will, they will be a provision, an, an ally of these nations. He mentions modern-day Iran, Libya, uh, Ethiopia, which is uh, part of Sudan. Uh, mentions uh, Togerma. Togerma is the modern nation of Turkey, and he also mentions Gomer which are some of the former Soviet Union's uh, uh, states, nations uh, around Turkey and, and such. So the Lord says, be a guard for all of them. So that's accurate to, to where we are geopolitically right now, that Russia is an ally to these nations as it stands now. So that part is is lining up. What we're looking for is that hook. What is the hook that draws them back? And there's some very specific things. In verse uh, in verse nine, he said, "All of you will come together and ascend as a as a cloud from the north and cover the land." So we have to ask ourselves: Is the current war going on? As I'm recording this. Uh, is it does it come out of the north or do we see incursions out of the north in which Russia, Turkey, Iran are physically moving armies using men boots on the ground into the northern parts of Israel and we don't see that at least not yet but but there are things that set the stage and that's the point in this and this week I'm going to cover Ezekiel 38 or part of it and then next week I'm going to get into Ezekiel 39 and the and the outcome and the things that the father has told me about this time or told me about this this battle uh because he's very specific in some things so anyway in Ezekiel 38 and verse 9 it says you're going to ascend and cover the land as a cloud and he talks about coming out of the north so there's going to be something where there is a buildup, a massive buildup of troops and a coordination, a multi-nation uh, coordinated attack from the north coming through Syria, Lebanon, etc. from the north, where you've got Russia and Turkey, which obviously are huge, huge armies, and they would co be coming out of the north. And then you have Iran, Libya, Ethiopia, etc. So it's a multi-nation, but primarily out of the north. It's not to say that there aren't incursions from the south because of those nations from the, the east and the south, but it, it mentions specifically as a cloud from the north to cover the land. 
And here's the key. In verses 11 and 12, it says, you're going to go to the land of unwalled villages, talking about Israel, to those that dwell in safety and are at peace. So that invasion that he's talking about in Ezekiel 38, that war will come at a time when Israel is at peace. So what we could see, very possibly what we could see, is localized peace around the nation of Israel, while on a larger global scale, these nations that he names, not me naming them, but, but Ezekiel naming them, these larger nations are still at war anti-Israel, everything else, and gathering their troops, gathering armaments and everything else to do a massive invasion to finish off Israel for what they think is once and for all. And and so that's why it says in verse 11 that they're coming up to, to the land of unwalled villages to people who are living in peace. So we have to see some sort of a peaceful uh, accord outcome before this large army out of the north is going to assemble itself and come. And it's interesting, too, it, it does say in verse 12 that, it, that the thought, and it says, it said, there, there will come an evil thought in your mind that says, why don't I just come and take a spoil? Now, taking a spoil, a spoil is done when the battle is over. And, and, and there's no one to fight you. So... It would, that's one situation. The other way to think of taking a spoil is if a nation is so at peace, it's relaxed and it does not have its guard up. That's the second way that you could take a spoil. You know, one is to win the battle and there's nothing left but mopping up. The second is that if a people are so uh, relaxed, so at peace that their guard is not up, then an enemy could come in and say, hey, this is going to be easy. I'm going to take a spoil. I'm going to come in and take a spoil. One way or the other, verses uh, 9, 10 talk about, you know, coming to and, uh, 11, uh, 12 talk about taking a spoil. Now, so so you've got to have Israel at peace. You've got to have the thought in, in everyone's mind, all the enemies of Israel's mind, that they can take a spoil, that it will be a relatively easy thing. But at the same time, what I see happening, in my opinion, of currently current events in the uh, in the Gaza Strip war is that different things fall into place to set the stage. And you can see things progressing along a certain path, and but it's not there yet. For instance, in the next verses, he talks about Sheba and Dedan and, and the merchants of Tarshish and the young lions saying, what are you doing? They appear to be fi- they appear to be setting the stage at least politically and diplomatically saying, what are you doing? What do you think you're doing? In fact, that's the question that's asked. Have you come to take a spoil? What do you think you're doing? Well, the nations of Sheba and Dedan uh, are, are known for today as Saudi Arabia and the Saudi Peninsula and the little nations there, the Gulf nations around that. So when I talked about things setting up in order, the Abrahamic Accords of President Trump uh, were part of the pieces of the puzzle where for the first time in history, an Arab coalition uh, was agreed to, uh, to, to counter the effects of Iran in the region. But the fact that they would appear to be against this invasion of Iran, Iran Libya, Turkey, uh, Sudan, Ethiopia, uh, Russia, and its former uh, ally or its former states. They're known by Gomer in Ezekiel's time. Uh, 
and, and again, we update the nations, we update the armament. So where Ezekiel talks about swords and shields and horses and everything, we update it to tanks and guns and airplanes and coming like a cloud to cover the land is clearly an air assault. And so we look at all these things and we say, what's happening is setting the stage. The Abrahamic Accords were are setting the stage for that first ever Arab alignment and, and agreement uh, to come against the effects of Iran in the region. Um, and so, so this is all happening and it's interesting. And I think where I'll close off is at the end of, uh, Ezekiel. Well, actually it's, uh, down in verse 21, the Lord says, I'm calling for a sword against all my mountains, or I'm calling for a sword among my mountains against this attack. So up until this point, you know, Sheba, Dedan, uh, many people take prophetically, it mentions the merchants of Tarshish, the nations that are from the merchants of Tarshish. Tarshish is the old word for Spain. And so prophetically, in the classical understanding of this passage, when we look at Ezekiel saying ones who will oppose this invasion are the merchants of Tarshish, we're talking about the nations that were that came about, that were birthed from the merchants of Spain. That is Spanish colonialism, and that would be the Americas. And then he mentions the young lions thereof. And the young lions would be the offspring of a, of a parent lion. And of course, Great Britain has as their symbol a lion. And so you look at the nations which were colonized that became out of Great Britain and Spain, and it would appear that Ezekiel is including them in a coalition with what we know as the Arab nations, Sheba and Dedan, saying, what are you doing? You think you're coming to take a spoil? And as far as that verse goes, you know, down in down in verses 11 and 12 of Ezekiel 38, it would appear at least there's a political and, and, and diplomatic resistance to this invasion, which is building and coming into Israel. And uh, that you would think that would be it, except when you get down to verses 20 and 21, and the Lord says, I'm calling for a sword among my mountains. Prophetically, a mountain is a nation. You recall Daniel saw the vision of, of the different nations that would come and a mountain made without hands crushes them all and, and fills the earth. That mountain is the, the kingdom of God. And so mountain is prophetic. So when the Lord says, I calling, I'm calling for a, a sword from all my mountains to counter this, you're talking about Israel's allies mobilizing to come against the invasion that is depicted in Ezekiel 38 and 39. And so I want to keep these in short uh, bursts here. So this is almost 15 minutes. So I'm going to close this and I'm saying I'm going to pick up what happens uh, next week in the rest of Ezekiel 38 and also into Ezekiel 39 and then tell you some of the things that the Father spoke to me about this time. So anyway, visit our website, cwowi.org.